As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, this is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. This racing lifestyle ain't made for everybody. We're a special breed with special needs, but we all came apart. No friends on the track, but in the pits we know the truth. And this a way your life fits the only thing that we do. BTE builds products that you can depend on, whether it's a complete power glide transmission, a torque converter for your specific combination, or any related component or bolt-on item. The professionals at BTE and Memphis Performance have what you need to succeed. Shop online at bteracing.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's Cool Hand Luke Bogacki. If you're a regular listener, thank you for your patronage. If you're new, you'll probably catch on soon enough. Our goal is to shed some light on the events, news, and issues in sportsman drag racing and the stars within it. Welcome back, or welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast, where we sometimes discuss Ken Schrader and Stephanie Bustin, Nass. Uh, also sometimes discuss the big go and the this is bracketracing.com driver series today's episode will focus more on the latter uh, no jed this week he's got the week off but we've got a big labor day episode for you i'm super excited about today's show actually already recorded both of the interviews um, before I, I came together for uh, for this little introduction as you know Labor Day weekend is a big weekend in the racing community for a lot of reasons. It's seemingly every track in the country has a big bracket race Labor Day weekend or every other track in the country. So there's a lot of racing going on for elevated stakes. In addition, this year, if you heard last week's podcast, you heard Jed and Michael Beard preview the Labor Day 100K, the richest purse in footbreak racing history. That's going on this weekend in Bristol. We've got SFG going to Columbus. We've got the Division 6 ET Finals out in Boise. And of course, no racing Labor Day is ever complete without the big go. 
the NHRA U.S. Nationals. And to that point, uh, I'm joined on today's episode by Kevin McKenna, senior editor at National Dragster, longtime friend of the podcast. We did a lot of shows together uh, at the onset of the pandemic and kind of got reunited today. So that was a lot of fun. On In that discussion, uh, Kevin and I each uh, pinpointed our top five sportsman storylines for this year's Big Go and uh, just kind of batted it around, had a great discussion. I followed that interview, uh, that discussion, that conversation with Kevin McKenna up with our own, uh, this is BracketRacing.com's Ashley Thompson. If you may remember Ashley from a few weeks back, she is the the brainchild behind our new This is BracketRacing.com driver series. Uh, we had her on a few weeks back to kind of outline how the series would work, help get everybody hyped up for it, and uh, that that thing has really taken off. We'll talk again with Ashley about the response that we've had from racers literally across the country for the TIBR driver series. Uh, there are a couple of, or a handful of events in the books already. So we'll talk results from those early points leaders and uh, we'll preview a couple of pivotal events within the driver series coming up this weekend. So stay tuned for that. Again, Kevin McKenna leads off, followed up by Ashley Thompson. I hope that you enjoy uh, listening to today's episode as much as I have enjoyed recording it. Had a lot of fun with Kevin and with Ashley. Uh, also hope that you enjoy your holiday weekend, uh, wherever it is and however it is that you are consuming today's podcast. Uh, enjoy Labor Day. Without further ado, here's PJ. I think I'm Lupagaki, better yet Edmund. Don't let me catch you later. You'll get dropped right on your head, man. Three-day marathon, chasing all the gold. Best feeling in the world. Kevin McKenna, welcome back to the show. It's, it's, I would grown used to seeing your face and catching up every single week, and now it feels like I haven't talked in ages. Yeah, it's been too long. I missed you. Um, we, we, we need to make this a habit again. Absolutely. Uh, those of you that uh, remember and, and uh, have been longtime listeners, Kevin and I did our way back Wednesdays uh, through, I guess, the, the onset of the pandemic. We did that for the better part of two months, I believe, but it's been probably two months since we got together. So great to have you back. Um, once again, I'm joined by Kevin McKenna, senior editor at National Dragster, and the obvious point of emphasis and, uh, and point of discussion today it's going to be the big go, Kevin. The U.S. Nationals this week. It, it is. You, you can, you know, a pandemic can stop a lot of things, but apparently it can't stop the big go. Um, you know, for, for, for all the, the hardship and struggles we've had this year, it looks like we are going to have a U.S. Nationals. Car count looks great. Weather forecast looks good. I, I think hopefully it is the indie that we've all come to know and love. Yeah, no, I'm hoping the same thing. Looking forward to being a part of it myself. Kevin, I sent you an email earlier today, and mm -hmm. the idea here, we're all about making lists here on the Sports and Drag Racing Podcast. We've been on a real list kick. So what I challenged you to come up with were your top five sportsman-related indie storylines. I've got my five. We, have not, uh, we haven't gotten together on this, so it'll be a little bit of a surprise. We might have some overlap. I don't know if you want to go in a specific order, but start us off. What's the no, here. Challenge accepted. I have my list as well. Um, <laughs> I don't want to go in a specific order, but I thought we, we would maybe start with uh, 
I don't know, uh, some of the more benign things and maybe save the really good stuff for, for last. Um, so if you want me to go first, I'll take it. Uh, one thing that we have never had at Indy is a double. Uh, is this the year it finally happens? Um, I can tell you in 1996, Scotty Richardson came really close. He had a win and a runner-up. Uh, we've never had a double, despite the fact that there are many, many racers that bring two cars and have two shots. Is this the year it gets done? Yeah, that would be like the crowning jewel of any career. I remember Scotty. I've actually got a good story around that. I want to say Rampy was in both finals one year. Mm -hmm. Has anyone else been in multiple finals that you know? I don't believe so. Um, the year 96 that you brought up, Scotty. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the finals were broadcast live. I want to say that was ESPN2 or something along those lines in, in that time frame. Mm -hmm. And they ran all of the finals in like the typical sportsman order. So it was, uh, I think, Stock let it off and Scotty won Stock, right? First pair out. And they, so then it goes, uh, whatever, um, through the typical order. Well, it gets to where Supercomp would normally run and they skip it and go to something else. And my dad says, why aren't they showing Supercom? And I looked him dead in the eye and said, because they got to wait on Scotty to come back around. And this <laughs> is long. That, like we were, there was no confirmation that Scotty Richardson was in both finals, but I was a huge Scotty disciple. And I was like, oh, there's mm -hmm. no. And then sure enough, it pans back to the water box and there's mm -hmm. Scotty and, uh, and I believe it was Bill Yates in the Supercom final uh, where Scotty fell short. <laughs> ah. Yeah. yeah. That would be that would be something uh and i'm trying to think like i don't know that i remember a time in recent years i've been going i've been competing at indy since 2012 i don't know that i remember a time someone flirted with a double there no you you were right about uh, david rampy he uh he has five indy wins uh, including 1998 when he won super comp and uh, actually came up a little bit short in the comp final but uh, again, that, that's, you know, that's it. It, it is a short list of, of racers that have even come close. And, and you look at the grueling nature of Indy. I mean, obviously things a little different this year with it being condensed to a, a four-day event, no Monday eliminations. But um, to, to, to be able to survive that marathon, you know, and again, if you're a super comp, super gas racer, you're probably flirting with an eight-round race. Um, it, it would be the crowning achievement of any, any career, as you pointed out. You know, it's kind of interesting, the more that I think about it, that no one has doubled there. Because we've talked about this before. I feel like the typical indie structure kind of forces the cream to rise, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Just when it gets out over so many days, I feel like that added experience plays a, plays a huge role. Confidence plays a huge role. And, but the flip side of that is it's indie. So it's littered literally from front to back in the pits with the best racers from all across the country and to come out on top of one class, much less to um, pretty significant accomplishment, very significant accomplishment. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So I'll, uh, I'll kick off my list. Like I say, we may have some overlap here, but I am fascinated really for the second year in a row to watch top sportsman and top dragster and I, <laughs> the five rounds that are going to determine the winner. But mm -hmm. in 2019, the qualifying sessions were must see TV. Yes. 
after I actually last year's bump 623 and for those of you not real familiar that with NHRA top dragster you can't go faster than 610 so we had 32 cars within a 13 hundredths window at speeds well over 200 miles an hour top sportsman is impressive as well uh 673 bump a year ago and I was just looking over the entry list Kevin we have 36 in top dragster buying mm -hmm. for two car field which is the same number last year that produced that unbelievable 623 bump 38 entrants in top sportsman uh i'm sorry 39 this year it was 38 last year i feel like top sportsman has the potential to get even crazier yeah you you and i agree on this uh, it was actually uh, on my list and uh, uh actually the note i had that basically said give me a number what what is the uh what is the top dragster bump going to be uh, I've got it pegged at about a 15 or a 16. Um, and, and and tell me I'm wrong. I looked at the run schedule today, but I didn't pay that close of attention. Are, we, are they supposed to get two sessions or three? I believe they get three. Oh, yeah. If it's three, that changes it. Because last year it was 23 and two. And we're, yeah. we're advanced in technology. I'll... Uh, I, I like the way you think because I actually had numbers circled. I, I, I gave this some thought earlier. I'll go... I was of the assumption they would just get two. I'll say 618 in mm -hmm. the top sportsman. You got to be careful because obviously it's not going to be a condensed field in the 16s, but it's going to be fast. I'll say 660 in top sportsman. Yeah, yeah I, I would tend to agree with that. You know, you've got what looks to be good weather coming this weekend. And, uh, you know, again, you've got the best cars in the country. Um, Top sportsman, it's probably a little easier. You don't really have the uh, the threat of going 599 and being disqualified from the event, you know, for, for most of them. Um, uh, the, the interesting thing, I haven't really looked at the guys in the Jags All-Stars, but you have to wonder, is there anybody coming here to run the All-Stars that is just not going to be fast enough to qualify? Yeah, I saw the only name that jumped out to me in top sports one was David Tatum. Like, I don't, I don't think he's fast enough to really compete, but obviously he's there for the All-Stars. Um, and right. there are one or two others in that similar boat. That, Like you say, that, that skews that 39-car figure just a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, I, I think it's got the potential to get pretty crazy. Yeah. And it's just so fun. I mean, it reminds me, the only thing that I could compare, and I really think – qualifying at Indy last year surpassed it. The only thing that I could compare it to was the, the IHRA World Finals at Norwalk back in the day. And in a way, that was even more exciting, not because it, it wasn't nearly as fast. I'm talking 20 years ago. But there was, say, 60 cars going for a 32-car show. And mm -hmm. you moved the, the technology back 20 years. And I'm just – it was – you had to be at the stands for Top Dragster – I'll say just top drag extra qualifying because in those 30 pair, you were guaranteed to see at least one nitrous explosion, like somebody blow the scoop up over the tower and somebody nearly blow over every session. Like, cause people were just trying stuff that they'd never tried before, you know? Like I, well. And, and in Indy had a little bit of that feel. I feel like the, the technology's come so far and these guys have it so dialed in that like, it's not even for most of them. That first session is not even, like, I'll just go, I'll just make it go 6.15. That way I'm safely in and, you know, I'm not in jeopardy of going too fast. And that seems like a monumental thing, but those guys make it look so easy. They, they do. And I'll, and I'll give you probably an, another comparison. Uh, this predates me a little bit, but if you missed Top Fuel in the late 1970s, you, you got it here in Top Dragster. 
you know, the cars back then were just, you know, mid to late seventies. We're just getting into the fives at about 230, 240. Uh, also unpredictable. Of course, nobody drove the finish line in a top fuel car the way they do. Um, but uh, I, I think, you know, the, again, the, the, the tight fields and, and just kind of the madness in qualifying, um, that is what, you know, back in 1979, when you had a 32 car top fuel field at Indy, um, that's, that's basically what you've got here. All right, so we have uh, we've gone over top dragster and top sportsman. We talked about the potential double. What's next on your list? Uh, tell me what is more impressive, doubling at Indy or winning five Hemi Challenge races in a row, which is something that uh, Jimmy Daniels will have the opportunity to do this weekend. Wow. I didn't realize he had that kind of run. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and, and he won. You know, he won the first time he ever sat in the car and came to Indy. So he is undefeated in four years. <laughs> okay. Okay. So who is the who's the leading contender? Be, besides him. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Contenders. Um, you know, you, you you've got some guys. Uh, you know, Bucky Hess has Jason Line Power. Uh, he he seems to be, you know, snake bitten at that event. Um, you got a couple pretty good cars that came from the West Coast this year. You know, Eric Bell, the former major league ball player, is is out here. Um, you know, I watched him run last week in, in Michigan. Uh, Division four is always a hotbed of that with, uh, you know, the Teuton car and, uh, you know, a few of the guys around the, the Louisiana area. So, I don't know. I mean, I believe there's 16 cars on the entry list. So, uh, Daniels has his work cut out for him, but uh, – you know, until someone says otherwise, he is the man. All right, so you, you're an odds maker. Like, what are the odds that, that he gets number five? Wow. Uh, boy, I, I would think uh, it's certainly double digits. Um, as good as he is, you know, you think sooner or later the law of large averages catches up with you. Um, I'd put him at about 12 to 1. That seems fair because as dominant as he seems to be, like those cars just don't have a propensity for going down the racetrack smoothly four times in a row. You know what I mean? A lot can happen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, th there's no shortage of money in that class. There's no shortage of guys motivated to put in the work to better their programs. Um, you know, at, at some point you would think uh, someone is going to build a better mousetrap or, or just have a, a luckier day. And, uh, that, you know, again, I don't know if I'd want to wager against him, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's certainly going to make it uh, very interesting. You're, you're already wetting my appetite for Andy, Kevin, like just this, you <laughs> think about the things that, that are so unique to that event and how seemingly every class that, that pulls under the bridge is a spectacle. You know I mean? The, the Emmy challenge, the top dragster, top sportsman, it, it's all so indie. Like it, it just gets my juices flowing. Um, all right. So I think we're getting into some of the more common stuff. I'll just go. I know you had tweeted about the overwhelming number of entries period. I'll just mm -hmm. focus on the 890 category. Mm -hmm. 62 entries in Supercom, uh, past the past the maximum, past the cap. I think it's safe to say that's the the largest uh, Supercom field, probably the largest you know non qualified field in any class at Indy. Maybe not in history, but certainly in the last two to three decades. 
No, if, if you're the type of person who researches this sort of stuff, which uh, I am, um, I, I went back and uh, I think I had to go back to 2005 to find a bigger field. Um, and you had about, believe it or not, you actually had over 180 cars that year. Wow. Um, I, think, I think the pre-entry lists were, maybe they capped it at 180, <laughs> um, maybe even 200, and they, they ended up with about a, but, but still, this was obviously pre-COVID, pre even, you know, uh, financial collapse of 2007. You know, th- th- this was in 2005 when things were really rolling. And it was also predates Top Dragster. And obviously, you've had a lot of guys defect to do that. So um, to, to see the numbers come back up, I think it was only two, three years ago, we had 102 cars make the first round. So, so to, to add on 60 to that um, is remarkable. And honestly, I've talked to a couple of people and nobody can really give me a good idea of where it comes from other than the number of people who had planned a race this year and just didn't have the opportunities. So, so look at coming to Indy and say, look, I might not have a chance to run the car as much as I want this year. Let's just go to Indy. Yeah, no, it's, it's a bit of an extension of some of these mega bracket races that have been so successful. I, I, I think that's the best explanation is that uh, we've been cooped up without the opportunity to race. And I think, many racers myself included are kind of singling out circling on the calendar destination races and i don't know mm-hmm. that there's a bigger destination race than the u.s nationals uh, i i've talked to several uh, competitors that have never been to indy and this is the year you know so mm-hmm. I, I definitely I, I think there's something to that and to your point i don't it see it feels like i think this will be the first year that i've run indy without competing in super comp it feels like it flirts with being an eight round race pretty regularly over the course of the last, what, eight, nine years since I've been going. Mm-hmm. It does. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it's, I, I would say well under half the time it's actually been eight rounds. I don't think I only remember a couple instances where it has in recent memory and to just blow that out of the water, you're talking flirting with it, you know, with 120 to 135 range, uh, 162 is a big, big number. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So can you pull up the entry list in front of you? I'll put you on the spot again. Like, uh, it's it is an absolutely star-studded field in every category. It's indie, uh, but particularly, I mean, I'm close to super comp. It stands out to me. Pick a winner. We'll put you on the spot. Pick a winner. Oh my goodness! Uh, out of one out of 162, um, <laughs> that, that that's yeah, that, that's a major league baseball season. So that's like saying on June 12th, tell me what the score of the Yankees Tigers game is going to be. Right? How many innings will the starting pitchers go? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Boy, and, 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 you know, and again, um, I think I, I actually put a story up on NHRA.com earlier today that, that highlighted this field, and I think I pointed to, counted 10 former or current world champions in the field, um, including a couple of guys that, uh, you know, you've got, you know, Bo Butner, a couple of pros, Bo Butner is in there, Kyle Koretsky is doubling up in pro stock and uh, super comp. Um, you, you got some really interesting names. Um, but boy, to, to pick one name, um, you know what? I think of him more as a super gas specialist, but I am just going to pull a card out of the deck and say John LaBoost Jr. That's a, uh, that's a hard pick to go against. You could go through that list and I think pick 50 that I wouldn't argue with. Um, yeah. I'll, I've, I've actually, I think this goes without saying I'll, I'll take my wife. <laughs> well done. <laughs> You're a smart man, Luke. <laughs> um, but no, if you wanted me to pick someone outside the family, um, again, 
you could, you could pick several names and, and not go wrong. But particularly at Indy, and it's Supercomp. I look at them as kind of the godfather of Supercomp. If you gotta, I gotta pick one guy. Give me Stinnett to win it. Yeah, it, you know what? I, I gave that some serious thought, but but then I thought, are, are you just are you taking the easy route when when you pull a four time world champion oh, and form and former Indy winner? Yes, twice. Yeah, one of one of I think just two Supercomp racers that have won it twice. Uh, that would. Uh... Makes sense. Who would the other one be? You got me stumped. I want to say Cohen. Yep. yep. I, I know. I know he has two. I didn't know if one of them was super gas. Um, you know, it's interesting when, when you bring up your wife, Jessica, that uh, there have been some female winners at Indy, but not many. Uh, I mean, really the, the list for a long time, it was just Shirley Muldowney um, all the way up through the nineties. Then Angel won it. You know, since then you, you've had some pro winners, uh, you know, Courtney Force, Alexis DeJoria, Erica. Um, as far as sportsmen, that list is also fairly thin. Um, I know Heather uh, Robolato has won it. Um, I don't think that th there have been uh, many female sportsmen winners at the U.S. Nationals. So maybe it's time we start to even the scorecard on that a little. Yeah, I know uh, Samantha Coughlin made a deep run a couple of years ago in gas, I think. She's in the semi, mm -hmm. possibly the final. But no, it's interesting you bring that up. We had, Jed, Mark, and I had this discussion, I, th I believe it was off the air a couple of months back, about how many good female racers, great female racers there are. We were talking about this in, in reference to, to big dollar bracket racing and how few have scored on the biggest stage. Like Megan Lotz won a, won a 50 grand or SFG event. Mm -hmm. That's... I believe that was the only like 50 grand plus that we could come up with. I know Chelsea Spence has scored uh, on the, on the fling stage. Uh, Cassie Pennington's won some big races at Mia Tedesco, obviously, but it's just seems odd for as many females are out there and as good as they are, that there hasn't been one knockoff the million or a hundred grand or something like that. So to your point, I almost feel like that's overdue in this case as well. And it would be shocking to no one. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, um, uh, I agree. There, there's, you know, and especially you look top dragster and, and super comp just seem to be loaded with, with talented female drivers. And um, it, it's just a matter of time before it happens. I mean, there, there's certainly no reason why it shouldn't. I hope it stays in the household. I'd, I'd be all about that. I'm sure you would. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got next? Uh, what do I got next? Um, let's get to the, to the elephant in the room. This is, this is not just indie. Like, if you sat around in a room and said, what could you do to make Indy more special? You would add the Jags All-Stars. Uh, how, how awesome is that? You know, two, two of the biggest, most prestigious events rolled into one. Um, now, it's not the first time the Jags All-Stars have been held at Indy, but that was during the Sports Nationals back in the mid-'80s when it was there. Um, you know, and again, that is part of what has brought all this amazing talent together. Um, you know, you do have racers from other parts of the country that probably typically wouldn't come here um, that now are. And then, you know, since we, we like to talk about doubles and statistical oddities, uh, imagine winning the all-stars and then doubling up and winning the U S nationals uh, the next day, you, you could hang up your helmet and there's probably not a person who would blame you. No doubt. And to that point, it seems like there's always a, a handful of racers that have two shots at the all-stars. The only Racer that I saw on this year's list in two categories is Darian Bosch out of Division Four. Uh, no, I think uh, uh, there's 
two more that I believe are in there. Um, and, you know, of course, they both escaped me, but I saw a press release from Jags today that had uh, some notes. Uh, Division four guy, Vernon oh, Roland. Vernon Roland was in both. Yep, super comp, super gas. And, uh, oh, uh, Strick. Oh, I did see that as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so you got three guys with an, an honest shot to win. Well, I guess technically they could win four times this, this weekend. Yeah, wouldn't that be something? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, to you, to your point, Kevin, the S was obviously on my list as well. The Jags All-Stars is an incredible event in and of itself, right? It, it makes that Chicago weekend what it is, at least in my opinion, and I think for all sportsman racers and the spectacle that that race is, how good a job both Jags and NHRA do in really showcasing that sportsman talent, how the racers work for over a season really to to get the opportunity just to represent their division on that stage much less you know a chance to to win and come out on top uh you know of of each of the seven divisions plus the blocker it is such a cool experience to to be a part of and it's just a fun thing to watch um and i just know that the 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 cheering section like the the fence at joliet on all-stars day is one of my favorite Mm -hmm. sportsman racing and the fence at indy is similar right that we all yeah. the finish line stand on top of the golf carts watch the watch the action for the all-stars it's gonna be awesome and you just combine those two things you've got the the prestige the allure of the big go the biggest stage that we have uh and then combine it with arguably the the biggest carrot available to to sportsman racing on the nhra tour like it seems like a match made in heaven. I, I feel like at some point you, you overload and you could just get the proverbial 10 pounds in, in a small bag, you know, and, and that's what mm -hmm. Indy comes. But man, what a cool thing to add to it. Even if it's just temporary, uh, this winning the all-stars is so special. Competing in the all-stars is so special, but to do it at the big go, um, mm -hmm. that's going to be a treat for those guys and girls. Yeah, and, and you know, more often than not, when I interview a Joliet winner, uh, this comes up in conversation that, you know, e even if it's someone who wasn't in the All Stars on Saturday, the the, the people that win on Sunday, you you kind of have to acknowledge that you won probably the toughest event of the year because there's so much talent that comes in. Um, you know, the, when you look at, you know, again, entry list or qualifying sheets in any class, and you just go through there, and you're world champ, world champ, 10-time national event winner, five-time division champ. I, I mean, almost everybody on the list has accomplished something significant. And, you know, I, I know there have been times when you would say, well, God, other than Indy, is this not the most difficult race to win? Well, well now it is Indy and it is the All-Stars. So, so you've probably added a double degree of difficulty. Yeah, I agree. I think it, it, it ups the ante all the way around. And, and if it's possible, if it's not blasphemy to say this, uh, perhaps makes winning Indy even that much more impressive and that much more special. All right, Kevin, you stole my thunder a little bit. Obviously, I had the All-Stars on my list, but I'll piggyback on it. Mm -hmm. As part of the All-Stars, here at the Big Go, we get the return of Rambo. Ah, well, okay. We're even. You stole mine. <laughs> All right. <laughs> if he will be making an appearance, he is the, I believe it's Division Four representative in Superstock, and my understanding that his is that he will be driving the Camaro of one Gary Stinnett. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It. it uh, you know, and uh, to to add to that, uh, you know, David, we we know he is a hundred-time national event winner. Uh, five of those wins are at Indy. 
So, so success at uh, Lucas Oil Raceway is not foreign to him. And he has said, for the record, he intends for this to be his final event. Eh, whether or not that's true remains to be seen. But, uh, you know, if, if you're looking for, a, you know, a good T-shirt slogan, you know, 101 before he's done. How about that? I love it. I love it. And then, I, well, I know of one way that we can almost assure we'll get to see Rambo again. <laughs> you can win the All-Stars. Because the blocker, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I was shocked to to see and hear, and you correct me if I'm wrong, I don't believe that David Rampey has an All-Stars win under his belt. Is that true? He, he does not, and, and, and I believe that was a, a big part of his motivation for coming back to, to just to say, uh, you know, let me see if I can win this thing one time. Yeah, it's, it's, it's rare. It's one of the few things that's eluded him because I'm sure he raced in it many, many times. Yeah, I would have lost a, a lot of money on uh, on that trivia question for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it'll be fun to see David again. And I, I, nothing against the other uh, seven competitors in the All Stars and Superstock, I'll be rooting for him to uh, to get that done. It's interesting too because I feel like just the the nature of 2020. I don't think we've missed David Rampey in the way that we would have, right? Like it. it yes. We haven't gone to a national event that he's, I guess there was a couple early in the year, but like I haven't gone to a national event where he wasn't there. I went to Bowling Green last week. He always, for every year that I've been to Bowling Green, I think I've been since 09 or something like that. Rampy was always there. He was always parked in the same spot in one of the turns of the circle track. And it just felt weird riding through there and he wasn't there. You know, I, I just feel like the way that uh, this year has played out, we've missed everything. So we haven't had that, wow, man, this feels so weird without, you know, the legend of, of our sport. And uh, so it's cool that, that he'll be a part of the big go for what's gotta be probably the 30, 30th consecutive year. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, again, uh, as you mentioned, had we gone to, you know, had Gainesville been on his schedule, had we gone to Atlanta and places like that at some point, yes, you would have probably looked around and said to yourself, Wow, where's David? He always parks here. Um, so, so, so yeah, he he, uh, he he probably hasn't been missed as much as he should uh, through no fault of his own. But uh, it will be good to see him, and uh, yeah, it would be uh, it would be wonderful to see him uh, have some success this weekend uh, in in either class or, or either either race. You know? Yeah, and it uh, you combine his talent and a Gary Stinnett prepared car like that sounds like a recipe for success. I, I wouldn't bet against him. No. <laughs> All right, so we're down to our final two on each list. Mm-hmm. But we have a couple stolen. So uh, what do you got next? Well, th- th- there's another guy, and, and this was actually a backup, I thought, just in case you did. Um, I don't believe he's racing two cars this year, but you, you've got another guy who's sort of on the verge of history. Je- Jeff Taylor's sitting on 48 wins, um, and, and he's also another guy who has had an incredible amount of success at Indy. I believe he's a four-time winner. Um, you know, he, he has said that, you know, he, he really wants to get to 50 wins, not so much for himself, but, uh, before his brother, Charlie passed away, you know, kind of, I think had made note that, that said, you know, go get those 50 wins. So he's kind of a guy on a mission. I don't think he's going to stop till he gets it. And, uh, you know, always a chance that he could get one step closer this week. Yeah. That's another one that I would never bet against JT can get it done. Uh, what's he entered in this week? You know? Uh, I know he's running stock, I, I believe, with uh, – well, I don't know whether it's his Copo or he's driving Jeg's drag pack. Uh, I know he hurt that car um, 
back at the sports nationals. Not sure if it's uh, together yet, but um, you know, he'll be in something. I know he, he had talked about running comp, but I didn't see him on the entry list. So, uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But uh, you know, again, uh, kind of a hall of fame guy who's starting to wind down his career, but, but I don't believe he'll give up until he gets to 50. It'll be interesting because, I, again, I feel like the skill set of a Jeff Taylor, of a David Rampey, of a Gary, Gary Stennett, you know, on down the line, I feel like that gets multiplied at Indy, typical Indy, because mm -hmm. A, the pressure, but B, just the, the drawn-out nature of the event. I mean, the, the running joke at Indy is you've got to get through five or six first rounds. The way that this week will go, it's, it's a condensed schedule. It's more like a traditional national event. And it sounds kind of odd to say, but I feel like that levels the playing field to some extent. Like I, I, obviously, your, your Jeff Taylors, your, your Gary Stinnett's, your, um, I don't think Scotty's entered, but you know, that caliber of racer still holds an advantage because they are who they are. Mm -hmm. But I do think the opportunity is there for some lesser known names to sneak in this year just because it's not, it's not the, I don't know, the typical indie, like I, it, it's not the marathon or it, at least it, it shouldn't be <laughs> unless we have weather or something crazy. And like you said, the forecast looks great. I'll go, um, this kind of piggybacks on the all-stars as well. Um, for my next topic, I'll say super street at Indy. Uh, you're the historian. I believe this is the first time this has ever happened. It may be the last, uh, <laughs> get the 1090 cars on the biggest stage in the sport. And I think it's really cool if for no other reason, than I believe every category now that is typically, or even sometimes contested at a national event will run at the same facility at Indy. Um, and I just know the the entry list for super street has been over max for months. I think mm -hmm. that, if the entries and the, the, the quota was 40. So you have a lot of gold card entries. It, it's, it's, it's an honor to get a spot in that. And I know that those 50 guys and gals are eyeing the prize because again, it may be the only U.S. Nationals Wally ever awarded in the 1090 class. Yeah, no, that, that is a, a great point. Um, you know, again, uh, 1983 and 84, uh, the Sports Nationals was held at Indy. So, so there, there are Super Street winners uh, from Indy, but but a U.S. Nationals Wally Super Street, you're right. This may be one and done. And if you look at the list, if you look at the, you know, obviously they don't race for a national championship, so this is the holy grail for a Super Street racer. And when you look at some of the people that are on there, um, you know, the, the number of division championships that, that's represented, uh, it, it really pretty much is a who's who of, uh, of Super Street racing. Um, including a guy that I always like to follow, Rudy Matthews. He, he used to own the Jags All-Stars. Um, you know, he, he's, not, he's not in it this year, but um, I see he is, uh, you know, is entered in Super Street. Um, it's, uh, it, that's actually going to be some really competitive, worth-watching racing. Okay, let's go down the same exercise because you made me pull up the entry list. Now I'm staring at it. Mm -hmm. uh, you got a 1 in 48 chance this time. Oh, jeez. Oh, so, so, so now it's on me. All right. Uh, boy, do, do, I get, do I get multiple choice? Because I, I can pick about three names off here that I really like. See, that's such a Jed move. Jed would pick. It is Jed. Okay. <laughs> Ouch. 
Um, you know what? Um, I am going to go off the board. This is not quite like picking a kicker in the first round of your, your NFL draft. Um, but, you know, we just had the discussion about a, a, f- a female winner. And uh, if you saw the job that Taylor Iacono did last week at the sportsman race in uh, Epping, the, the JEG Sports National is there, uh, she was money. So uh, how about if we get not only our first Super Street winner, but another female winner, and uh, we, we can knock all those out in, in one shot. Good pick. Good pick. Uh, she has been killing it. I've been keeping up with that myself. Ah, uh, yeah. I, uh, I put myself under the gun here too. This is, uh, <laughs> you're not going to tell me I stole your pick, right? <laughs> no, I, I mean, it's a good pick. Um, and you could go a lot of different directions here. This might be harder than super comp. I will go. Let's go to Nebraska. I'm going to take Corey Bentley. Oh, Corey was in the mid, in the in the hunt for a Division Five title last year. Really drove impressively throughout the year, um, and I just think he's due. I'll take Corey Bentley. Yeah, I, I, I like it. Um, you know, it, it's interesting. I, I really wondered if you might not have a, uh, you know, a super comp, super gas, or even a, a pro ringer s- sneak in there. Um, but uh, but no, it, mostly these uh, these folks are super street specialists. Um, you know, and, and again, some of the people I see, you know, uh, a, a lot of, you know, numbers that, that, that end in one, you know, division one champ, division three champ, division four champ, uh, again, largely because of the all-stars, the, they're, um, they're all here and it's, it's going to be uh, very interesting to watch. Yeah, there are, there are, you're right. There are a lot of numbers that end in one on this, <laughs> in this entry list. Good stuff. All right. So we're down to the, the top storylines. We, we might have some overlap. So have you got anything left? Uh, you know, I think, I think we pretty much emptied it. Um, although, although I will just, this is more of a, of, of a I guess an overall thing to tie it in. Just, you know, we, we, we've talked at length about the importance of indie, And, you know, one of the things I used to do don't get a chance to do it as, as often now because we do so much live reporting on NHRA.com, but uh, I used to jump on a golf cart or a mini bike for the final rounds and go down the end because this was the best chance that you had all year to see a grown man cry. And I can think of a few people, some big, tough, macho racers that, uh, you know, as soon as that Wally touched their hands were absolutely reduced to just, uh, you know, crying like little kids. And, and it, it is rewarding to see that this sport still means that much to that many people. Um, and, and it's, you know, it's why I don't think COVID or anything else can kill it. Mm. Yeah, no, I, uh, uh, guilty as charged. My, the, the, the year that, that I was fortunate to win Indy, the, my opponent had Anthony Fetch had a problem in the final. I'm telling you, I was teared up before I hit the finish line. <laughs> so yeah yeah it's uh it's special and there's just nothing that compares and i i mean everybody's got their story and, and their history for me that that place just screams my father but it's it's indian mm-hmm. it's one of a kind that uh, kind of a- along the same lines was the the last you know storyline that that i thought i would bring up and i don't even know that it's necessarily a storyline on a on an external level as much as it is internal meaning for those of us that are there is i i i think it's it's still indie right i just wonder mm-hmm. will it, it, it and it will definitely feel different like will it 
feel like indie. Like it, it's just, we're in such a unique time that I, I'll, give you, I'll give you the example. Like I was, uh, I think yesterday going through uh, the, the entry process and making sure that I had my T's crossed and my I's dotted and I'm looking over the, the protocols for the event and, you know, obviously everyone's going to be masked. Like that's going to be new for me. And I, not that it's a big deal, but it's going to be different. Right. And then, um, you just go through the, the protocol. And I mean, I realize, I think a lot of this is we've just, as a sanctioning body, you know, we've, we've got to kind of cover our rear end from a liability standpoint, but some of the protocols in there is like, you know, you're not to, to leave your pit, uh, you know, unless absolutely necessary. Like, I don't know how strictly that'll be taken by the, the competitors. Like, I just feel like inevitably it's going to have a different vibe. And I, I think, like, I, I, I get the impression you think as well, that the allure, the tension, the atmosphere of indie will shine through that. But it's going to be, it's going to be fascinating to watch that play out. Yeah, I, I think I think you're absolutely correct there. And you know, having been to the first three indie races this summer, they are definitely different. Um, you know, you you do you know the, the the mask thing. I mean, we don't need to get into a lengthy debate. Yeah, they are not comfortable, especially on hot days. But you know, we're doing this not as much so you can race today, so we can race tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we 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 are obviously being watched by, um, you know government agencies and whoever, and, and, you know, they want to see, uh, you know, the safety protocols enforced. And, and I get that, but it doesn't mean you can't be social with your friends. It can't, it doesn't mean you can't go to the finish line and watch, you know, the, the Saturday afternoon round of super comp or top sportsman. Uh, you know, it, it is still indie. You can still do, you know, hang with your friends. It's still the most competitive race on earth. Uh, I think the winners won't find it. Uh, any less, you know, if anything, the mask will just, uh, you know, help, help hide the tears. Um, but, uh, you know, again, you know, in times like this, you, you do what you need to do to get by. And uh, I, I agree with you that the, the lure, the magic that is indie will overcome any of the short term uh, drawbacks that it might have. I'm admittedly a little bit out of the loop on this end of it. Obviously, we've got a, a massive, if not perhaps record entry list and, and the place is going to be packed with racers and race cars. What are we expecting from a spectator standpoint this week? Uh, I, I believe um, the, the plan that was submitted, uh, my understanding is it was uh, at 50% capacity. Um, so we could go to that level. Now I don't have any idea, not privy to any pre-sale numbers for tickets. You know, I, I know typically Indy is an event where a lot of people buy tickets in advance. So you know, you would hope a large number of those fans opt to use them rather than defer to next year. Um, I can tell you this. I um, was out there for a while this morning and the campground across the street is already, you know, and it's only, this was Tuesday morning at about 930. Um, There's a pretty healthy crowd in the campground. So that gives me some optimism that, you know, we are going to have significantly more fans than we had, uh, you know, for any one of the three, uh, three prior events. Yeah, that that part will just be fascinating because you're so used to particularly, you know, Sunday and what would typically be Monday, seeing mm-hmm. a, a jam-packed grandstand and just the 
I w the pageantry of indie, and it'll be interesting to see. I know that the the minds have uh, have been at work. You know, whether it's the announcers, the sanctioning bodies, the planner, the the planners that go into making every national event what it is, but specifically indie. It'll be interesting to see how they pull off that pageantry. And like I say, if it just if it feels any different. Yeah, I mean, there there's some things that that you're gonna miss if if you're into these sort of things. You know, your traditional pre-race ceremony is not gonna happen. There's no track walk. Uh, there's no driver introductions. The the winner circle is basically held past the finish line. Um, you know, I mean, th th those are things, and, and it's funny. You, you don't typically don't give them a second thought until they're gone, and and then you say to yourself, "Wow, you know, it would be really nice if all the winners could come up and and be saluted and you know in front of the fans." You know, now I, I don't really see any reason why we couldn't do something similar of the sportsmen, where you know we do things on the return road. But, um, you know, as far as the pros, there's not a stage set up, you know, th things like that. But, but, but I know that there is a, a Hemi parade scheduled. Uh, I believe, I'm not sure if there's a Copo parade this year um, because it's not a Chevrolet event anymore. Um, but, you know, little things like that that kind of make uh, Indie special. I'm sure there will be some sort of uh, an introduction for uh, Jegs All-Stars. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but, uh, you know, I know they'll do everything they can to make those guys feel as special as uh, possible. Yeah, no, it's it's funny you bring that up because as a, as a long-time supporter of NHRA, long-time sportsman racer, I, I've become jaded or had become jaded. You know I mean? Like it was rare. Mm -hmm. I'd go to say six, eight national events a year. It was rare that I would even go watch a pro session. You know, at some point you just, uh, like I've seen it, you know, at Indy, and like none of the pageantry, the, the driver introductions, the track walk, like whatever, right? That, that mm -hmm. doesn't interest me a bit. Every year that I have been in, been fortunate enough to be in on Monday at Indy, I go do the track walk. The family goes to do the track walk. Like, do you just take in that whole? Yeah. So yeah, it, like I say, be different. Uh, it, it, but I don't, I, I, maybe it's the optimist coming out at me. I, I just, I cannot imagine, especially when you bring in the all-stars and everything that we've got going on this year, I can't imagine that it's any less exciting. You know, and if any good, you know, you try to look for a silver lining in every mess. Um, this, you know, th this may unjade you. Um, don't no, think that's, that's a word. Yeah. It's not a word, but, uh, you know, you may going forward have a deeper appreciation for traditions and things like that. And, and it's my hope that the next time NHRA has what we all qualify as a typical event with a full house of fans, with the track walk, the pre-race, with all the things that you've come to associate with it, that people will look at each other and say, wow, that was a great event. I really missed that. Uh, I can't wait to do it again. As the kids would say, 100 K-Mac. That's it. <laughs> that's, that's good stuff. Kevin, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule, particularly on Indie Week, to, uh, to come on with us and bat some of the, uh, some of the exciting facets of sportsman racing at the big go around. Uh, appreciate you, man. No problem. And, and I just have to ask, I assume you were in Super Gas because I saw you weren't on the Super Comp entry list? Super Gas and Jessica will be in Super Comp. Gotcha. Well, that, see, that, that, would be, that would be another interesting double. I don't, uh, don't believe we've had a husband and wife uh, win indie, at least not at the same, uh, at least not at the same time. So Sign us up. So good, good, good luck to you guys, and uh, I'm guessing we'll see you tomorrow or the next day? Yeah, I'll, uh, we'll be there late tomorrow night. Uh, see you Thursday morning. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, Kevin. Anytime. 
I want to thank everybody for tuning in. To make sure that you're the first to know when next week's episode is available, subscribe. And, and, and you can do that on Google Play. You can do that on iTunes. You can do that wherever you are accessing uh, our show today. Just subscribe. That way that you know that you have got the latest uh, edition of the podcast. You'll be the first to know. And do us a favor. Tell your friends about the podcast. Get your track involved by broadcasting portions of the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast over the PA on race day. Jed and I are proud to partner with Bill Taylor Enterprises. That's BTE here within the podcast. Neither of us, Jed or myself, are strangers to BTE products, services, or customer service. I've personally been using BTE transmissions and converters exclusively since 1998. Um, that's 20 years. BTE has quite literally powered every race, every championship, every round that I've won for my entire adult life. My point, they build products that I depend on. BTE builds products that Jed depends on. BTE builds products that you can depend on. Whether it's a complete top dragster or, or top sportsman power glide transmission, a torque converter designed for your specific combination, or any transmission component or bolt-on item, the folks at BTE and Memphis Performance have what you need to succeed in today's ultra-competitive world of sportsman drag racing. Shop online at BTE Racing. Com. All right, joining me once again, we're going to make her a regular here on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast, Miss Ashley Thompson for ThisIsBracketRacing.com. Ashley, how are you? Good, how are you? Doing great, doing great. The last time that we had you on, uh, you were trumpeting the uh, this, the new ThisIsBracketRacing.com driver series. We were both enthusiastic uh, about the rollout. We didn't really know what to expect but the response from racers literally all across the country has been awesome, if not overwhelming. Yeah, for sure. We've gotten lots of responses from racers saying they, they want their tracks involved. And even a couple tracks have reached out saying that they want to be involved for next year. So that's really exciting. Um, and if you want your track to be featured, and be a participating track in the series, go ahead and um, reach out to them or you can reach out to me at Ashley at this is bracketracing.com and I can reach out to them and see if they want to be a participating track. Yeah, 100%. This thing has taken off. It's going to grow, I think, exponentially for 2021. I'm glad you said that. I didn't want to put a bunch of, a bunch of work on your plate, but uh, I know that you're as excited about this as anyone. Uh, and we've had great response. Um, you know, we, we, kind of did this pretty impromptu, put it, put it together at five uh, facilities for 2020. I think we rolled out point signups, what, a week and a half, two weeks before the first race. And we've got a really strong contingent of both box and no box racers already signed up uh, for the 2020 series. It's underway officially. I think uh, four of our five participating tracks have hosted an event to this point. So I'll let you kind of bring us up to speed. What's happened so far uh, within the driver series? Yeah, so um, four of the tracks had races last weekend, uh, National Trail, uh, Bremerton, Beach Bend, and Mid-Michigan Motorplex. Um, so far, I'll just go over the um, top contenders. So in Bottom Bulb, um, Brian Sirudu. Oh, yeah, we touched on this. Sirudi, and you'd never look <laughs> So I'll... Sorry. 
butchered that. Um, leading points with 105, and then Junior Howe uh, from Bremerton at 95, so pretty close there. Um, and then we have Claire Reed from National Trail, Tom Bray uh, from Mid-Michigan, and Gary Gandy from Bremerton. Um, and then a few others also trailing behind that can possibly catch up. Um, they've got two races left, so they can do it. And Saruti, uh, leader in the clubhouse with the win at Columbus, and Columbus only has one event of their four claimed, right? So Saruti off to uh, off to an excellent start. Right. Yep. And uh, it looks like I think we had thirty-ish signups just in in bottom bulb alone. Yep. That's pretty awesome for just the five tracks involved, and again, how little lead time we gave everyone to uh, jump in on that. Again, you can find. Uh, all of these points in detail over on thisisbracketracing.com slash driver series. Um, okay, so the bottom ball deal, uh, Saruti looks good, JR Howe, and we've got a number of racers that, that really haven't even gotten an opportunity to earn points just yet. What about on the top ball side? Top ball. All right. So uh, Lane Savar out of Bremerton Raceway, he won both days of the first weekend at uh bremerton raceway that's so he's looking pretty good there that's a good start yeah and actually you didn't even let me butcher that because <laughs> right. i know lane so i think you've corrected me in the past but yeah lane savar yep um and then yeah no, a, a bunch of guys um with a few round wins there um that have the potential to um get up there towards the top yeah, when you look at the the top ball point standings, it's it, it's a overwhelming lead for Lane at this point. And when you go to two races and you win them both, that tends to happen. But I think it's a little bit um, skewed just because it is so early. Lane has two races in the books. Most tracks haven't had two at all. Muncie has yet to have one. Um, so there's going to be I, – I, this isn't over by any stretch of the imagination. I think this is going to come down to the wire regardless. Yeah, I definitely agree. And so what, uh, at this point, like I said, five tracks uh, involved in the preliminary series. That's Beach Bend Raceway Park in Bowling Green, Kentucky. You alluded to National Trail Raceway in Columbus, Mid-Michigan Motorplex in Stanton, Michigan, Bremerton Raceway up in Washington, and Muncie Dragway in Indiana. Four of those five have already contested at least one event. I think uh, Michigan and Bremerton have both hosted two, if that's, uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong there. A big weekend coming up. We talked about this in the intro. It's a big weekend for sportsman drag racing in general, um, but a big weekend for the driver series. What have we got on tap this Labor Day? Uh, so this coming weekend, Mid Michigan is actually going to finish their series. Um, so their points will be locked in at the end of the week, um, and uh, that's a. And then Muncie Dragway starts theirs with their first race on September fifth. Yeah, so Michigan getting everything in early. Uh, they had a two-day weekend, I think, to kick off the series two weeks ago, and it will wrap with another two-day event this weekend. Um, and good point about the, the Muncie racers. Uh, start earning points this week. So those of you listening, if you're headed to Muncie and you haven't already, you still have the opportunity to sign up and join, right? Yep, sure do. All right. You talked about this a little bit in the intro, Ashley, but I think possibly the coolest part about this series and, and if you if you listen to the kind of the rollout uh, you, you understand what we're trying to do here and what Ashley has put together uh, the, the series has been developed for grassroots racers to compete 
for essentially a, a national championship without ever leaving the, the friendly confines of your home track and without the expenses associated with leaving uh, your home track. We got five tracks involved this season. This is kind of a trial run with the intention with we had talked about on the initial episode of growing this in 2021 and beyond. Uh, it sounds like there's a lot of interest there. As you said, you've had racers reach out to you. You've had race tracks reach out to you. Um, like I say, I don't want to put a ton of uh, more work on your desk, but um, I think the potential is here to make this something really special. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited for where it's going to go. How cool is it on your end? Because we literally, I mean, this this came out of your head, what we talked probably four months ago, and you're like, I got this idea. Do you think we could do it? How cool is it to A, see it come to fruition, and B, uh, see this potential to make it into really what you had envisioned from the start. Yeah, it's been really cool. Just the whole process of it, um, talking to different tracks, the um, the support from the tracks that are um, participating. And then, yeah, seeing it in front of me, seeing people racing in the series and earning points and winning, like it's, it's really cool. Yeah, I agree 100%. All right. So um, somebody, in Washington, go stop Lane Savar, right? Because we can't just let him run roughshod over this. He can't. He can't go four and zero, can he? Maybe he can. He, I just <laughs> in related news, Lane was in two finals again this weekend, uh, up at right. six, different track, right? And, and running super comp for the first time. So Lane's got it going on. Um, but uh, but yeah, now this is going to be so fun to keep up with and watch. Uh, as we said before, Ashley, we're going to have you here on the podcast every few weeks to kind of bring us up to speed with updates like today. See who's doing what, who has to do what the rest of the way. And uh, ultimately, we're going to crown a champion $2,500 to the winner in each of our two categories, plus potentially $1,000 bonus if it's an elite member. Lane Savar looks like he's going to take $1,000 out of our pockets. It looks like it. <laughs> Never. All right, Ashley, thanks so much for your time. Thank you for putting all of this together and the enthusiasm that you've had within it. And I look forward to catching up again in a couple of weeks. Thank you. All right. Once again, to learn more, check out thisisbracketracing.com slash driver series. Again, uh, particularly if you're local to Muncie Dragway, you can get signed up prior to the weekend. And uh, if not, just follow along there. You can see the schedule. You can see the points. You can see everything that Ashley has put together with this cool new series and keep uh, abreast with what we've got planned for the future. Thanks again, Ashley. We're a special breed with special needs, but we all came apart. No friends on the track, but in the pits we know the truth. And this is a way of life, it's the only thing that we do. It's our Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss, or at least reference, This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer, led by knowledgeable professionals. Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors, and we bring in a host of guests, racers that you know, racers that you respect, led by knowledgeable instructors and surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is, at each event, there are 100 plus entries, there's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. 
That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers, that's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want, or you can take action, take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elitist for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th.